listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. We've got a distinct sense of deja vu here, Josh. I could have sworn I'd just done one of these. What? I don't believe it. Yeah. Do you see any um, black cats? Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. Oh. There's a sort of silver greyish tabby that I saw this morning, but as far as I'm aware, he lives here. That is not a sign of bad luck, especially. We'll let him pass. Yes, yes, we will. Uh, welcome along, everyone. Hope 2021 is treating you well. We are recording this week's episode uh, sometime in advance of it actually being published. So who knows what delights may have been served up <laughs> between... Will this episode even air? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows indeed. We'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But uh, assuming that it does air, uh, I hope everyone is doing well, as well as can be expected. And we are here, as ever, to cheer you up with some hot theme park discussion. And this week, Josh, there is, I guess, some some news to talk about. Despite us being early in the year, there are some bits and pieces that have gone down over the course of the sort of last week or so. Uh, stretching back into the new year period as well. So we yeah. have actually got some stuff to talk about, which is uh, is nice. I, I've been consistently, I guess pleasantly as well, surprised at just how much theme park news there has been, considering we've been living through a pandemic when you would imagine theme parks would be uh, kind of just, just about treading water and doing little more than that. But, but they've yeah. kind of been... They've kind of been going along fairly steadily. I don't doubt it's been challenging, and we've talked plenty about the awful number of layoffs, especially at Disney. But uh, in terms of announcements and, and future projects and things like that, other than, as we'll get to, some stuff at Disney, uh, <laughs> they've been trucking along okay, and we've had they've given us stuff to talk about. So um, start as I mean yeah. to go on, hopefully. 2021 will be full of uh, theme park news. We can uh, but hope. Indeed. But I guess we should start well, at what I hinted at there, Disney, uh, which yes. I think... Uh, Josh, who's had a better pandemic, Disney or Universal? <laughs> uh, definitely Universal. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I think Disney, obviously a much bigger company, uh, have a much bigger footprint footprint in kind of the media world. And so, you know, there are more Disney headlines about than Universal headlines at any point in time, really. But I think this past year especially, it's been, uh, you know, there have been some less than stellar uh, headlines for Disney to contend with, notably around uh, layoffs uh, for the, for cast members specifically at their parks in the US. And, and now we get word, Josh, seemingly at least, that one of their highly anticipated upcoming rides at Magic Kingdom... Uh, could well be kind of on indefinite postponement and that's the tron yeah. light cycle coaster uh we go live to our magic kingdom correspondent josh who i who is stationed in the remains of one of the walt disney railroad stations josh josh can you can you hear me what's happening out there Yeah, thank you, Tom. Um, 
So what from what I could see, uh, the earlier rumours that we had heard about Tron not being opening soon uh, seems to be uh, pretty uh, accurate. They, they have literally boarded up all around where the track exits main show building. Um, you could not get a train on this track. Let's put it that way. It would be very dangerous. A bit, be a bit like uh, if the doors don't open on test track at Epcot. Speaking of speaking of not getting trains on tracks, Josh. Well, we know, of course, that the development of the Tron Light Cycle coaster has meant that the Walt Disney Road, uh, Walt Disney World Railroad at the Magic Kingdom uh, has been closed. Uh, because it is, you know, the construction of the of the new coaster is taking place in the vicinity of one of the of the track and also one of the old stations. Uh, people must be disappointed uh, that they seemingly, you know, all that closure time for the railroad has kind of gone to waste now. Uh, have you spoken to anyone? What do they have to say? Any train conductors particularly disappointed by this development? Yeah. Uh, so the uh, train conductors. Association are absolutely livid. Uh, they are saying that their members should not have been put on hiatus for such an event to occur, um, and then for it to be sh- shut down. You know, they were happy-ish uh, with not running the train as long as the uh, Tron coaster was completely built. But like I say, with it now being uh, on indefinite hiatus, they are livid. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, thanks very much, Josh. There, reporting from the scene of the Tron Light Cycle coaster. Well, cheers, Tom. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, we, we have spoken before, Josh, about how we might expect the pandemic to impact theme parks' plans for future rides and and whatnot. I think you know the biggest uncertainty at the moment is Epic Universe, a whole theme park that might be in in question because of what's gone on. Um, at Disney, I mean, they have a, a habit, regardless of public health emergencies, of co- kind of quietly cancelling thing pop projects that they may well have announced too uh, too far in advance. I think that's probably, well, you know, why the Mary Poppins uh, attraction at Epcot probably not going ahead anymore is not necessarily a surprise to people. However, mm. uh, the Tron coaster has been something that certainly people who pay close attention to the fandom around the theme parks have been well aware of for a very long time and increasingly visitors more casual visitors will have been aware of it because it's coming along and it's very obvious when you're in that section of the park that a big new roller coaster is being built so it seems mad to me that they would just stop working on it Uh, you know regardless of what you might think of uh, whether they feel like it's a worthwhile pursuit anymore, whether it's, you know, they're losing money on it, I don't know. But just the fact that they have a very, a quite literally half-finished roller coaster boarded up in the park. I mean, Disney kind of have always prided themselves, I think, on that sense of immersion you get, you know, the Disney difference. You really do feel like you're being transported to a faraway land when you're walking around a Disney park. And now you're going to have this situation where there's just this massive unfinished construction project looming large over a big section of the park. I mean, what? Yeah. why do you think they've come to this conclusion that this is the right thing to do? Well, it, it's not exactly subtle, this thing, is it? I mean, Jesus. No. <laughs> not um, at all. 
certainly not when this is where the tr- if they get the train track up and running this year, which I'm assuming is the plan, it's going to be even less subtle. I would imagine that the plan was for this ride to be open for the 50th anniversary of the park of Magic Kingdom. With everything that's happened, they don't think that that is going to be feasible. No, and they're not going to get it open in time. And so instead of continuing with this work, they're shuttering this and putting uh, potentially the manpower uh, and the uh, resources towards Epcot, which needs more capacity in time for its for Epcot's 40th anniversary uh, next year in 2022, is would be my guess. Um, and then once Epcot's anniversary is done, they will probably come back to this because in theory we'll be over this goddamn pandemic. And so you'll they'll need the extra capacity at Magic Kingdom at that point. That makes sense to me. I think that is probably the clearest explanation that I've come across as to why this could be happening. It still doesn't make it any less odd, I don't think, that you're going to have a half-built roller coaster stuck there at Magic Kingdom for upwards of the next year and a half or more with no work seemingly going on. Yeah, it's bloody ugly half-finished as well. Yeah, yeah, especially because Magic Kingdom, I think, you know, those kinds of... It doesn't really have that kind of... It doesn't have that kind of attraction at the moment. You know, when you think of kind of the bigger um, kind of thrill rides at Magic Kingdom, they are enclosed in spaces where... That don't compromise the sense of immersion that you have in those particular lands. So Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Splash Mountain and uh, Space Mountain... You know, if you if you took the tracks out of those attractions, it wouldn't it wouldn't change anything because Space Mountain is housed in inside this cool cool looking sci fi building that would still look just as cool if it was just sat there and you couldn't go into it. Splash Mountain is built, you know, uh, with the briar patch and and all all the other uh, set dressing around it, and yeah. Thunder Mountain is the same kind of thing really. So. Uh, for, for Tron, I think to to even exist in Magic Kingdom is a bit of a step change, uh, but for it to be half finished, uh, I think will just exacerbate that even more. And what do you think? What do you think the the announcer is going to be like if they manage to get the railroad open again? Do you think when when the train's going past the half finished Tron coaster on the right, he's going to be like, "And everybody, please look to your left. Look to your left. Look to your left," <laughs> and 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 please ignore everything that's going on on the other side of the train. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, and to your left, you can see Space Mountain and the rest of Tomorrowland. Don't yeah. look to your right where nothing is happening. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Nothing to see here. But uh, it's 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 weird. It's also just disappointing, I guess, purely from a, oh, you know, this ride looked cool perspective. Obviously, it's in, Yeah, I was really looking forward to this. Yeah, it's in Shanghai already, has been for a long time. It's one of the coolest attractions there. And the idea of them just, even if it was just a carbon copy, um, putting that into the the main park in Florida was exciting. So, and and given how close they seemingly are to finishing it, you know, I don't think it's actually that much more to go. I think the bulk of the work is done. It, yeah, I feel like just finish it. You know, I mean, is it Guardians think, uh... that is is when you say that you think that they're now prioritizing Epcot? Is is it Guardians that they are hoping to get done for 2022? Is there anything else at Epcot that, I guess, kind of the general redecoration yeah, so got, of the front of Epcot is also something that they're still doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you've got Epcot, you've got uh, all of the redecoration of the like entranceway, 
because um, they ripped down all like where mouse gear was and that sort of stuff. Yes, they um, did mouse gear. Um, so obviously you've got all that area that's going to need redoing. Um, they're going to build the playground in one of. Uh, I can't remember what building it was now. One of in one of the like pavilions there. Isn't that the Moana themed sort of? Is that is that the is that something different? Aren't they doing a sort of? I, I remember uh, when we look, we were looking at a lot of what they had planned for Epcot, and there was a sort of outdoorsy, kid-friendly kind of garden exploration kind of area, and it looked. I think I remember comparing it to sort of some of the stuff you see in Singapore, like the gardens by the bay and that kind of thing. And I, I want to say uh, that Moana was being used as the inspiration for some of that. Moana was definitely the plan for that. Um, that was a, that was a different section to the playground. Oh, okay. I don't know what's happening with my Moana stuff actually. I don't know if that's uh, and but then you had the play play pavilion, as well was a separate thing. So it seems like the play pavilion and Moana is gonna are continuing forward. So uh, we shall mm. see because they're they're changing the branding, aren't they? Because you've got like the middle section is gonna be called World Celebration, uh, and the right hand side, which is where Soren is, um, like living with the land and that sort of stuff, is gonna be called World Nature. And then the left-hand stuff is going to be called World Discovery. And then obviously at the back, you've got World Showcase. So you've got those sorts of... You've got the Moana, you've got the Guardians, you've got your Play Pavilion. Um, obviously, Spaceship Earth's getting all redone as well. So I don't know what's going to happen there because some people... Not sure even if that's going to be done for Epcot uh, 40th anniversary or not. That could be touch and go. Um, obviously, you've had that really big like Sky Garden. Do you remember seeing that? Yeah, maybe that was what I was thinking looked more evocative of Singapore. Yes, uh, that's been cancelled. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that that top bit's not not getting done. I think it's just gonna be a flat garden area. That looked really cool because it's gonna be garden area on the top and then like some weird dance area underneath, which I thought. Yes, was I remember this now. This is gonna this is gonna end up being like a a D twenty three, you know, that people kind of. Like Disney are just going to deny ever happened, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, does anyone remember that D twenty three where they announced like loads of stuff for Epcot and then it never happened? And then yeah. Disney Epcot would be like, was going to be what? amazing. Sorry? No, 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 no recollection of that. <sighs> don't know, don't know. None about. at all. The Epcot on these D twenty three plans was unbelievable. Mm. Um, uh, I guess we're still getting the, the new fireworks display, right? Uh, that's coming this year. Um, I don't know. Ratatouille is coming this year. Yes. Um, Mary Poppins is not coming. Doesn't seem that way. No. Lots of over-promising and under-delivering here on Epcot. Yeah, it seems to be Disney. Well, I didn't know any better. Late. I would, I would, I would, I would suggest the UK government and not Disney <laughs> are behind planning for Epcot. That's what it seems to me. It does seem that way, yeah. But uh, I mean, look. There's clearly a lot, even with all that stuff that is no longer happening or or not happening to the same extent, there's still a lot going on with Epcot. And clearly they do need to get that done. I think the work at Epcot that they're doing, especially kind of to the front of house, for example, is is more disruptive and more of an eyesore right now. I think I, I understand wanting to prioritise that, but I don't know. It, it speaks to me a little bit of... of of some of the some of the issues that people have pointed to at Disney for a while now in terms of a sense that they may be cutting corners more than they used to and trying to do things on the cheap more than they used to 
And I just think that the pandemic has obviously exacerbated those concerns. And that's when you end up with situations where all of a sudden long held plans, ambitious plans can just come tumbling down and tossed aside at the kind of first sign of trouble. And again, I don't want to uh, de-emphasize or, uh, you know, the impact that the pandemic is having. And, and it clearly it's massive, even for a company like Disney. But I just think that, yeah, you know, the Disney of old may well have just sort of just tried to make things work still and, and taken the approach of, well, look, the best way to bounce back from this, the best way to recover from this is to invest and and make these places all the more attractive for people to want to come back to in the in the yeah. in the years ahead rather than cut corners and and end up in a situation where for the next 5 years people that go back to Disney will be looking around and thinking and almost being reminded in some way that there was a massive disruption you know in 2020 and 2021 because they'll be looking around and being and and see sort of half-baked ideas or projects that never properly got off the ground or projects that still aren't finished and i i feel like that is a slightly unhealthy situation to end up in if if people are turning up at disney parks in 2023 and still seeing kind of remnants of of the pandemic whereas yeah universal are taking the opposite approach from what i can see which is that projects certainly within the existing parks are very much moving full steam ahead still and okay, there's some uncertainty about Epic Universe, but if that was not to happen, it would maybe be a case of us not necessarily knowing what we're missing. Um, certainly, I think for the wider public, I mean, we know, we think we know plenty about the Epic Universe, but it's only really because of leaks from various insiders and whatnot. Whereas with Disney, they end up risking, they, they could end up being in the very dangerous position, I think, of of, yeah, having more obvious signs of cut corners and uh and missing deadlines and not finishing projects that they had announced and and in some cases started working on very very clearly yeah i think uh sort of to play devil's advocate a little bit i guess um but disney obviously fairly recently um, it has been a while now but still relatively recently for how much they invested uh bought marvel and bought lucasfilm right which is not which is size there's sizable chunks um, of money um and the only way you get you know you get the value out of those is by selling film tickets right mm. um and they haven't been able to do that because the cinemas have been shut uh, they haven't been allowed to have loads of people in the parks because of the pandemic you know paris has been shut for a lot of the time california's still shut disney world is open but at a really limited capacity because of all of these factors, Disney are actually quite cash poor, um, which means that it's you know they can't invest off of their own back, um, which means they'd potentially have to get in debt. You know they'd have to borrow money uh, to make these investments, which they may do anyway. You know I'm not, I don't know how they work in their, their uh, financials, obviously, but there is those limitations there of why these potentially you know projects will be delayed or whatnot. Whereas universal hasn't made those big investments as much in recent years and um, they've got quite a wide uh, range of uh, ip that they can pull from in their repertoire anyway and they've you know they've cut deals with the, the nintendo stuff is kind of a deal that they've cut with nintendo uh the harry potter stuff was a deal they cut quite a while ago now so they they're not necessarily buying 
IP as well as you know cutting deals so it's a potentially a more sound way of doing these sorts of things yeah that's fair that's fair I can't believe you're playing devil's advocate for the mouse (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you're in the pocket you're in the pocket of the mouse in the pocket no look it will be fascinating to see uh, how the theme parks kind of come out the other side of this whether that whether that ends up being this year or or in the years ahead but I think regardless Um, you know uh, sorry go ahead I was just gonna say I think Disney really do need to be concerned though because uh, Mm -hmm. there was a time when in Orlando especially they were first second third and fourth most visited best theme park in the in the state right whereas now they are not they might still be one and two but they are not three and four they are you know I don't know the last I haven't checked the last time it came came out but the Universal Parks are slowly eating into their lunch. Um, so Disney do have to be concerned there. Yeah, yeah. And that, and, that, and I think that will be really in, really fascinating. You know, Universal is still being quite aggressive when it comes to, as I said earlier, attractions at their existing parks. It will be very, very interesting to see whether, I think at this point, if they were to kind of recommit to Epic Universe, that would be a massive power play, right? That would be a big statement of intent. Like, yeah, we're... we're still coming through this pandemic but you know what we are we are going to go ahead with this with yeah, this theme be. park um, so. I, I don't see it no my, happening, my, but... my gut tells me it doesn't happen anymore but I mean there's a lot of land to just own and have have nothing there you know uh, so yeah but, know. but you don't have to look after land right land land sits there they've moved some dirt but they haven't as far as I'm, well, they might have done, but last time I checked, they hadn't put any foundations in or anything like that. So, well, they were using think... it to just look up to to keep track, right? Velocicoaster track was just sat there yeah. for a while and then started getting moved over. So that that's all it's going to be good for now is just taking drone photos of upcoming rides at the existing parks <laughs> before they've but they been won't built. Admit exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, look, I, I think I've seen. There's something that looks like Hyrule Castle just sprung up in loads of different pieces opposite the convention centre. Does that mean that they're finally going to build Zelda at the Lost Continent? Who could say? I don't know what you mean, mate. I've got no idea. Nothing. No. But just to bring it back round to the original line, of course, which is about Tron, and yeah, it's a, it's a shame that that is probably now what... A, I mean, that's probably a 2022... 20, ride at the earliest and yeah maybe 2023 so we'll just have to get to shanghai yeah speaking of the far east josh uh, somewhere where we we had planned to go in 2020 and hopefully we'll be able to go to in uh, if not 2021 the 2022 is japan and universal studios japan and the one upswing of missing out in 2020 and having to go a bit later is that by the time we we go Super Nintendo World will be open, and we've talked about this plenty on the podcast, of course, over the last few months. We had a a big sort of info dump uh, just before Christmas. Uh, They let some press in, and we got some new details about the Mario Kart ride specifically. But uh, now we've got a sort of uh, a slightly ropey POV video, but a POV video all the same of uh, the Yoshi's Adventure ride that is also opening as part of the new land. As I say, it's a bit of a ropey video. It's kind of a badly shot 
phone clip that I think someone originally put on TikTok and has since has since spread around. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of what I expected from this ride, to be honest. It's a, a very slow, family friendly people mover where you're sat in the back of a Yoshi moving through some colory scenery inside and out uh, as a ride in of in and of itself it is nothing to write home about but i think the uh, i think nintendo sorry universal have done a fantastic job from what i can see of capturing the look and feel of the various characters and iconography and uh, and scenery that you would expect from from uh, from nintendo games um, i was very excited to see that captain toad is uh, a character that you will come across on this ride uh, i won't go into too much more detail just in case of spoilers and people may want to just wait for the ride to open to to get a proper sense yeah. of what they can expect but josh just based on our little chat about it before we started recording you you seem a little disappointed uh, were you expecting more from this uh, i was expecting a little more i thought i thought the uh, yoshis might move a little um mm. in in a sort of yoshi sort of bouncy sort of motion maybe um, the yoshis that you're riding you mean yes obviously uh, that that's not a thing uh, it's just kind of rolls as you would expect. Yeah. It's fine. Um, one cool thing I thought, though, that I did, hadn't noticed previously was the uh, like disabled person's um, seat is uh, a Yoshi egg rather than a Yoshi. Um, it's a cool idea of doing. Yeah. It is worth noting as well, though, that you know the Yoshis themselves that you're sitting in don't move, but uh, the various characters you come across over the course of the ride, they are animatronics. It doesn't look like they have an enormous range of motion. But um, they are animatronics, so they're, they're not just stationary models. And there's a decent variety of characters, actually, again, without wanting to go into specifics. But, you know, if you want to seek out these clips, they're pretty easy to come across uh, just for your uh, just for ease. Uh, Nintendo Life did a news article earlier uh, in the week uh, where they um, have sort of assembled the various clips that have leaked out uh, where you can get a good sense of the kinds of characters that you will come across. Have you pointed out, Josh, that the animatronics moving, you know, having a fairly limited range of motion actually kind of might suit the aesthetic somewhat anyway? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the, it's based on a video game, so the characters sort of move. What? I thought this was based um, on a documentary. <laughs> it David is, Attenborough not go on... to Yoshi's Island for that Netflix show? I haven't watched it yet, uh, but I thought that was the whole point. It was Michael Palin, actually, but... Uh... Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> because obviously in the game, everything sort of turns and rotates in a certain manner because it's a video game. When you mm. translate that into an animatronic, it actually makes sense. Right, yeah. Um, for I the motions to be, not clunky, clunky is kind of, is harsh, but robotic. Certainly if you're building a ride based on Cyberpunk 2077, it will be incredibly Ooh. robotic. Zing. Ouch. Did you see the kids in that are just adults shrunk down? <laughs> yeah. Every few days I come across a new incredible uh, mess from that game that I didn't know about. Uh, you know, I wasn't hugely looking forward to that game anyway, so it's not a sense of disappointment that I feel every time I see something that's broken about it. It genuinely is just kind of tragic and hilarious from where I'm sitting. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine how you must feel if you were looking forward to that game for months or years and and it's come out in the state that it has. I think if you're playing on a good PC, you're probably fairly happy with it. But 
for everyone else, it seems like an absolute hot mess. Imagine buying that custom Xbox One S. <laughs> yeah, to to play the absolute worst version of the game that you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, brutal. Anyway, that's this week's video game tangent. Uh, Super Nintendo <laughs> World. It's opening in February at, at Universal Japan, and it I'm looks very awesome. much. It does generally. It looks great, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, from afar, of course, initially how people respond to it and exactly what it all looks like up close. It's not a very big land, so uh, you'll probably get a pretty decent sense for it just from watching videos and stuff. But of course, hopefully you get to visit at some point. Uh, and this is a can of worms that I don't want to dive too far into. But, you know, say Epic Universe, as we discussed, doesn't happen, which is obviously where mm. Super Nintendo World has been penciled in for. I don't think officially. I'm, I'm not sure if it's ever been said officially that that is the case. But it's uh, it's been widely reported. What do you think they do? Do they just do they just go back to the well, which we've heard so many times before, which is oh, we'll build it at Kids Zone, which would be a, a bit a bit crazy, right? Like if they if they'd stuck to the Kids Zone idea from the off, there's that we would probably be open by <laughs> yeah. now, and and if they end up going back to that because they came up with an entire new park and then scrapped that idea. It would be quite quite a sort of tragic uh, situation to end up in, I suppose. But I like the you... idea of the of the kids zone becoming a Pokemon area. Well, yes, that's kind of like the three pronged approach that has been reported mm. on as well, isn't it? Which is, oh, they build Super Nintendo World at all these various parks around the world, including Epic Universe. See how people like it, and if there's real demand for more, much in the same way they did with the Wizarding World, they then have these kind of other ideas on the back burner that they could kick into action which is, as you say, I think, Pokemon at Kid Zone and Zelda in the Lost Continent. And to me, that sounds brilliant. I would love that. I think that would be great. But, yeah, I uh, actually think that um, leaving, you know, doing Pokemon and potentially Zelda uh, in Universal and, and Islands, but then leaving Mario till last with Mario being, then kind of forces the Universal Japan to become a sort of destination mm. a bit more. Because it... Because obviously we've had since these epic universe rumors come out, but it's potential that people have been like, "I'm not going to go do that because, you know, give it four years and it'll be at Florida, which will be easier and blah 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 blah." But with it being only in Japan, maybe it forces people to go to Japan. Yeah, that's and not then, bad. That's not a bad shout. Vice versa, Pokemon and Zelda only being in Florida forces people to go to Florida. Yeah. And Zelda traditionally, I think, as among all of Nintendo's major franchises, has always been the one that has, relatively speaking, been more popular in the West than it has in in Japan. Whereas, you know, Japan, obviously, you know, the market. I mean, Pokemon is enormous everywhere, clearly. Yeah. But you know, purely speaking, on relative terms, Zelda is um, it's always, I think, been more popular in in the West and certainly the States. So I don't think. You know, I I get kind of that. You know, if you're a if you're a, a suit at Comcast or at Universal, and you're thinking, well, let's wait on Zelda and let's wait on Pokemon because Mario's the guy. Let's get Mario and see how people like it, and then come back to these later if we want to. But honestly, I think that might be a case of overthinking it. Like, you open just about any major new attraction at these parks that are already there, and people are going to flood to them anyway. I think almost irrespective of the IP. I mean, clearly. The big, big IP are going to draw an even bigger crowd. We saw that with Harry Potter. But I think people yeah. have come to expect such a level of quality 
and are always so hungry for new stuff to do at these parks anyway. I really don't think it would matter if you went with Zelda first. And it's not as if Zelda is some, like, unknown. <laughs> Zelda's a pretty big deal. <laughs> okay, that, that... Link might not be as, you know, my mum could pick out Mario and she probably couldn't pick out Link. But Link is still a, is still a pretty big guy. Um, big deal, from what she, I understand. She, she'd probably know who Link was. She probably She wouldn't necessarily call him Link, but... Um, a lot of people possibly, go, oh, that's the Zelda guy, right? Possibly, yeah. I th- if you saw maybe maybe classic Link, you know, in his green tunic with his hat. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Breath of the Wild Link with that kind of blue tunic he's got on. He looks a no, little bit... Yeah. It's maybe not quite as iconic a look. Um, he was much more but, of a dude in that one. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, Pokemon, obviously, is, is, is an even bigger deal. Like, everyone, I'm sure, could name at least one Pokemon. Uh yeah, well, they've been training us for ages, right? Every time they cut to the adverts. That's true. Name their Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. I think purely just through osmosis, my parents could name a few Pokemon from, yeah. from you know, raising me uh, into the absolutely massive nerd loser that I am. But uh, anyway. You're not wrong there, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <laughs> let's get back closer to home, Josh. And uh, the London Resort. Remember that thing? Oh, yeah. It's happening. That thing. Planning, that thing. Ap- planning application is going, uh, or has gone in. It has, yep. <laughs> Amazing. I don't quite believe we've made it to this <laughs> moment, this but, but we have. I can't wait for it to get rejected. <laughs> and, we, and that's it. It's over. Uh, Rejection, recommendation, housing estate. Yeah. I, I think you... You mulled the idea on this podcast before of the government seizing the opportunity to use the London Resort as a sort of beacon of hope. (laughs) (laughs) They'll they'll drop the bombshell at the end of one of their coronavirus briefings that they've approved the London Resort. We know it's been a a tough year, but rather than properly fund our public services coming out of this pandemic, we've decided instead to uh, help fund a theme park. Just what, outside what London. Be better? Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, obviously it's a big step forward for this project. Uh, just for people who are a little bit unfamiliar with how this all works outside the UK. Uh, because this is a, a project of kind of major national interest, or is considered to be that, you know, both in terms of its pure size, but in terms of also its, you know, potential for jobs and that kind of thing. It does require kind of national planning permission rather than, the local planning permission that you would traditionally need if you were building, you know, a housing estate or a new big shopping mall or you know a restaurant someplace or whatever, uh, or doing something like super simple, like oh, I want to build a shed in my back garden that might be slightly higher than is strictly allowed. I need to get specific permission for that from yeah. the local authority. Yeah. Uh, this needs to go to the government, the London Resort, and so we will wait and see what the word from the government is on this. But for now, it's uh, it's a big step forward for uh, the project. They're only about seven years behind where they <laughs> said they would be, maybe more than that. But uh, it has, I think, had a new sense of momentum since Pai Chabot got involved, as we've spoken about a number of times on the podcast. And uh, Josh, what do you reckon? Uh, do you have hope for, for more major developments on this this year? Yeah, I th- well, I think that it's going to be approved at this point. Um, I, yeah. I just can't see the government not approving it. 
Yeah, I feel like there's very little reason to to not approve it. I think whether or not it ends up happening, I, I don't know. But I think from the government's perspective, it makes sense to just be like, yeah, sure, man, go and try, I guess. <laughs> if you fail, you fail. Yeah. You may well do. But there's no harm in us saying yes to this, I guess, you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, I guess ground will be broken this year if approved. Um, but I don't see... I guess so, yeah. I don't see much more past that, maybe. be interesting, you know. Could just like cycle down there over a weekend and see how it's going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could go do a recording down there, bring some gear, set up shop, do a remote podcast <laughs> from the scene. Some proper journalism yeah. there. Well, in, in theory, there's got there's a uh, going to be a building on like the a cliff edge overlooking the the result uh, as they build it. So maybe we can uh, we can tap them up and see if we can just record in that room once. All those all those fake on location reports that we do, uh, we could actually yes. do it for real. Uh, Josh, location. Josh, Josh is at the site of the London Resort. Uh, Josh, can you hear me? What's what's going on there? Uh, Tom, you're also here. You're standing right next to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is really happening. Holy moly. The only other sort of significant development as part of this news that the planning application has gone in is that there is some new concept art of the lands. And you can see those yep. at blueloop.com, which have done a write-up of the planning application going in and have got some new concept art as well. Uh, the, the main entrance plaza with kind of the high street uh, some of the various have you seen one of the flags on the uh, lands on the resort entrance what the big union jack on top of the building yeah but there's also in the bottom left hand corner of that picture there's another flag oh yeah there's a french flag <sighs> maybe denied french flag <laughs> brexit means brexit mate yeah oh dear well uh, that'll be something of course to keep tabs on yeah, uh, it looks really cool. Um, the, uh, there's like the Starport themed land, uh, also known as that we couldn't get the Star Trek license world. Mm, yes, jungle themed land, the Isle Isles themed land, the woods themed land with like the woods. There's there's a, there's a lot of like roller coasters here, you know. Based on the concept art, yeah, there are a fair number of roller coasters and what looks like maybe a raft ride. Could be good. Could be good. Um, I certainly hope so. themed land. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a decent variety, you know. I think actually some of them are a little bit interchangeable. There's like the Isles, and then there's another sort of fantasy-looking one as well. But the Kingdom, yeah, the Kingdom. That's right. But by and large, yeah, there's some decent variety based on the concept art. More coasters than I expected. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see just how much of this kind of, you know, if this happens, compare and contrast the drone pictures of the finished product with the concept art. I'm sure it will look quite different, but the ambition seems to be there. After a few years in kind of the theme park wilderness, uh, the ambition seems to have been restored to the whole thing. And I have more hope in it now than I have had for probably five or six years. And hopefully, hopefully we do see more movement on it throughout 2021. As you say, if they get permission, uh, they could break ground this year. Going back to our podcast last week, our New Year podcast, um, something I'm... Uh, looking forward to this year is the approval of the London result. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the cynic would say fat chance. Uh, the dreamer would say hell yeah, let's go London resort. Yeah. 
2024. It's happening. But it's happening. The indoor... Oh, man. Everything, everything about this concept art looks awesome. If they pull this off, the Epcot concept art is going to look embarrassing. Yeah, you're going to have Bob Chapek visiting to get, get some ideas. Yeah. Well, as I say, we will watch the London Resort with great interest. Uh, but until next week, that's going to do it for the Park Rush podcast, Josh, unless you've got anything more to add. That's it from me. Oh, excellent news. <laughs> uh, you can follow us during the week at Park Rush Podcast on Twitter and at Park Rush on Twitch, where we stream theme park video games. You can subscribe if you haven't already on your preferred podcasting app or find every episode at parkrush.com and you can get in touch with the show. It's podcast at parkrush.com. Take it easy, everybody. Who knows where we'll be in a week's time? I feel like I'll be saying that every week throughout <laughs> the early months, at least, of 2021. But it yep. is what it is. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.